Welcome to the podcast. You are listening to Your Daily Drive, and I am Rick Thomas, and you can find me in my cyber home, rickthomas.net. If you have a question for me and my team, we would love to meet you there. Just go to our website, get your username and password, and let's talk. Deborah just did that for the first time today. Deborah, thank you so, or first time ever. Deborah, thank you so much for asking your question on the forum, and I hope the rest of you will follow her lead, anything that you want to chat about. I have something that I want to run by you in this podcast. Let me give you the title of the podcast, and then we can start working our way through it. The title is, Is It Necessary to Use Biblical Categories to Problem Solve? You got a problem out there. Is it necessary to begin problem solving by using biblical language, biblical categories? I want to talk about that. I have some ideas that I want to share with you because how you listen to someone will determine the kind of help you provide for them. Everyone does not problem solve biblically, and you must know how to come alongside the individual to bring the best care to them. If you want to read this podcast, you can do that. Again, rickthomas.net, N-E-T. Is it necessary to use biblical language or biblical categories to problem solve? But first, I want to share with you a note that I received in the mail, the old-fashioned way, not an email, not in cyberspace, but a handwritten letter I have here from Ben and Amy. They said, Dear Rick, thank you for always being a blessing. Your truth and humility and insight is everything in everything you write always encourages and challenges me, Ben and Amy. And thank you so much for your kind donation that was also in this letter. I love receiving letters in the mail. It's so it's so unusual. I stopped writing in 2000, 2006, I believe, something like that. As far as writing with a pen or a pencil, I do, I type everything now, but this is a handwritten note, and so it is really special. Thank you, Ben and Amy, for sending the note. Thank you also for the donation, and their son, Hudson, is also a a contributor to our site. He's been supporting us for a number of years now, and I'm so grateful for this family, and thank you so much for taking the time to write a note. It was really an encouragement. All right, let's talk about this idea. Is it necessary to use biblical categories to problem solve? Mabel was sharing a story about her friend Marge. She said Marge was venting over something that someone did to her. Marge was right in that someone had hurt her. But because Mabel filtered Marge's monologue through an unbiblical filter, she ended up giving Marge poor advice. This is basically what she said to Marge. Oh my, I am so sorry for you. That person was so wrong for doing that. And that was basically the beginning and end of how Mabel cared for Marge. Now, on the hills of Mabel's advice, 
She took up an offense for Marge as she began to judge those who hurt Marge uncharitably. She not only gave her poor advice, but she crossed the line. And, of course, as you might imagine, Mabel's approach validated Marge, though it did not help her work through her struggle with the hurtful individual. Now, suppose the same story happened. Someone hurt Marge, but instead of letting Marge respond sinfully to the hurt, Mabel filtered the conversation through a biblical filter. She would not only sympathize with her suffering, but she would be able to bring transformative care to her friend. You want to do both of those things. You want to sympathize with someone. You want to show pity. You want to weep with those who are weeping. But we also want to be comprehensive in our transformative care. You never want to minimize. You never want to overlook the hurt that a person is experiencing. But it would be just as wrong to ignore any sinful reactions from the hurting person. Marge was legitimately suffering, and she was objectively sinning in response to her suffering. Now that is a complicated duo. A person is suffering, and a person is sinning. It might happen more than you realize, and that's why I have an article embedded in this article on our website. This article embedded here is titled, Double Confession, How to Respond When Sinned Against. This is what I have experienced personally in my own marriage, in my own family, with my children as well, but I've also experienced this in counseling a whole lot of people. When someone is hurt, when someone is legitimately, objectively sinned against, they respond sinfully to that person, and that's when you have this complicated duo. Now, let me repeat, you don't want to minimize and you don't want to overlook the hurt. You don't want to skip a link in the chain to where you jump to their sinful response before you bring adequate soul care for them, but you want to do both. Because Mabel avoided speaking the truth in love to Marge, she missed an opportunity to help her friend redemptively. Her enabling of Marge disqualified her from helping her, disqualified Mabel from helping Marge through the complexity of her relationship struggle. Now, what if we replayed the same scenario, but instead of enabling a hurting friend, Mabel takes a more biblically thoughtful and helpful approach. It could go something like this. I am so sad that this has happened to you. May I pray for you? I'm also grateful that you are comfortable enough to share what happened to you. That speaks much to your trust in me. I am glad that I can care for you. May I ask you a question? It sounds to me, Mabel continues here, it sounds to me, though I could be wrong, but that you are not only hurting, which I understand, I would be hurting too, but you sound angry as well. Am I hearing you correctly? Are you upset in a sinful way? Am I missing something? 
Now, what I've just given you is a more comprehensive way to come alongside your hurting friend, Marge. Because she is filtering the situation through a biblical filter, she can care for her friend in her suffering while loving her through her sin. How you listen to others will determine how you respond to them. If you train yourself to think and react in biblical categories, your care will have more of a transformative effect. Now, I want to give you several words of caution here because I can hear many of you saying the same thing right now. And the same thing is, and it's what I hear so often, is that you want to be careful about talking to a person who has been hurt, that you don't want to jump on them and highlight their sin, whatever it may be. I hear you. And that's why my first words of caution are going to sound like this. Christian counseling, or you can call it Christian discipleship. You can call it biblical counseling. You can call it whatever you want to, but soul care. But Christian soul care is not Christian if you do it without compassion. And if you're not sure, if you're compassionate, always err on the side of tears for those within your care. Now, I will say this for the 1,000th time. I've said it many times in many podcasts in the past, but Christian counseling is not Christian if you do it without compassion. You see, there's two ditches here. I've addressed one ditch earlier of not addressing Marge's sin. The other ditch is that's all you do is address Marge's sin, and you don't deal with the victim side of what happened to her. There is much wisdom that you're going to need if you're going to care for her well. You don't want to be too quick with addressing a person's perceived sinfulness if someone has hurt them. The degree of the hurt and the maturity of the victim will determine the timing of resolving the situation adequately. And so if you listen to my paragraphs that I shared with you earlier, it sounds like you can jump right from being sad for, for them to dealing with their sin. No, don't do it that quickly. I've just, I gave you two paragraphs here, and one just flowed right out of, out of the other, but that doesn't mean that you're going to deal with their sin as quickly as I read it to you in those paragraphs. You don't want to be too quick with addressing a person's perceived sinfulness. Don't be one of those biblical counselors who gets hung up over language. We can have such a ready-fire-aim reaction to people that we, we end up hurting them. Give those within your care space and grace when addressing what you believe is imperfect communication. And by all means, hold your perceptions loosely. Guess what? <laughs> you could be wrong. I could be wrong in what I am perceiving. And so you want to hold your perceptions loosely. Maybe they aren't sinfully angry. 
Maybe they're just hurting and they're not sinning at all. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't address. This is why I I framed it this way. I said, quote, it sounds to me, though I could be wrong, that you are not only hurting, which I understand, but you are angry as well. And then I came back and said, am I hearing you correctly? Are you upset in a sinful way? Am I missing something? Do you hear in those statements and those questions that I could be wrong? And so you want to hold your perceptions loosely. Follow James's advice about being quick to hear and slow to speak. That's James 1.19. He said, know this, my beloved brothers, Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. You see, your goal is to help the person, which sometimes means overlooking some things. And so ask the Lord to give you the wisdom to know if you should say anything. Don't let your knowledge overpower the love that the person needs at the moment. You remember what Paul talked about In 1 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2, knowledge puffs up. And then he went on to say, if anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. Knowledge without wisdom is more like the devil than Jesus. And so always remember what your goal is. Your goal is to be redemptive in a person's life. Sometimes that means working on the wrinkles in their lives. You're getting the wrinkles out, their imperfect communication, dealing with everything that is before you, while at other times you overlook secondary matters. You want to stay out of both ditches. You don't want to overlook if a person is sinning, but you don't want to jump too quickly without dealing with the hurt that they are going through. The title of the podcast is, Is It Necessary to Use Biblical Categories to Problem Solve? Now, perhaps you want to talk about this. I would love to talk with you. And if you haven't gotten your free username and password, then that's the first thing you want to do. Go on the website, get your username, password, jump on our forums, ask your questions. Ben, Amy, thank you so much for your support. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.